Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get you off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best self. Today's Life Note I want to share with you is based on a recent experience that I had. But first, a couple of quotes that I want to share. One by Hans Christian Andersen. Just living is not enough. One must have sunshine, freedom, and a little flower. And then one from Nadina Morris. Don't let the shadows of yesterday spoil the sunshine of tomorrow. Live for today. Recently, I was on an extended flight. As we were approaching our destination, I looked out the window to try and see what type of weather I might be expecting upon our landing. I saw quite a few clouds. However, I saw something I don't generally see on cloudy days, since I'm not usually thousands of feet above the clouds. But since we were above the clouds at that moment, I saw the brilliant reflection of the sun. And I'm not sure why I never thought of this before, but at this point I realized that on cloudy days, the sun is still, in fact, shining. It's up there, shining above the clouds, and on really cloudy days, we may not be able to see it. And on partly cloudy days, we may only get to see it in part. But on the next cloudy day I experience, I'm going to harness the power of my new perspective to remember that the sun is still shining, even if we just can't see it presently. The storm clouds in life we encounter at times can seem ever so daunting. Troublesome are the days where the sun seems hidden from us and we all face our own deeply personal storms. Things such as illness, anxiety, depression, tragedy, loss are just a few of the storm clouds we may experience throughout our journey through life. Living in New Mexico, I've been accustomed to generally sunny days any longer than 48 hours without the sun and I start to come down with a case of seasonal affective disorder, or at least start to get rather impatient, waiting its reappearance. As we march forward through this year, it might help us to approach our personal storm clouds with similar perspective. Even when we can't seem to see the sun, it still continues to shine, and throughout all of recorded history, no storm cloud has ever lasted forever. The sun is still shining, And as long as it continues, there is potential for life, growth, energy, and the brilliant light that it so generously and consistently emits. Somehow, even on the cloudiest of days, we still receive and are beneficiaries of its light. So when storm clouds gather, when we feel all alone in the storm, when it seems like the storm is lasting longer than it should, and we worry if the sun may ever shine again, Let's rest assured that above the clouds, it is still shining. And if we are patient, we will see it and feel it and appreciate its light all the more when it reappears. You see, sometimes in life, if we are in a place that seems to be too stormy for our liking, and we may not be getting enough sun, we may have to move to a place where we can find it. A place with less clouds or anything else that blocks the light we seek. I hope and pray that your storm clouds soon recede that the sun fills you with warmth and blessings, and that if you need to move, change locations, or get in a better spot in life to fill the sun, that you will have the courage and strength to do so. Until then, keep your head up, 
because that's where we can always see it. And we can't look down at our problems if we are looking up at our blessings. But be careful, though. It's rather bright up there. Quote from Walt Whitman, Keep your face always towards the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. That's one that I have prominently displayed in our home for an apt reminder of the fact that we need to look for the sunshine in life and towards the sunshine in life. Recently, my wife and I did something crazy. We had some friends who were going to stay in Hawaii, and we asked them you know, how they were doing it. And they were fortunate to have a friend who gifted them, because they couldn't use it, their time in their condo right on the beach in Maui. Beautiful, wonderful place. And so I asked him how they were going and when. He said, we're leaving Saturday. And I said, well, if that ever happens again and they want to offer you that and you can't use it like next year, will you holler at us? We'd love to. I said it jokingly. But he called me about 10 minutes after he left my house and got home and said, hey, we'd like you to come with us. And I said, what? Yeah, we'd like you to come with us. I talked to my wife. She's great with it. And I thought he was totally joking. But he was serious. And this was on a Tuesday night or a Monday night before they left on Saturday. Very little time to plan, very little time to prepare. My wife and I had wanted to do the Hawaii thing, but we were going to wait till our 25th wedding anniversary. This month we'll complete our 20th wedding anniversary, which is huge and monumental and hard to imagine that we have been together at this point practically longer than we have been apart, amazingly. So we put our heads together and decided to do something crazy and just go for it. I was nervous and I was worried, how are we going to make it all work? We have wonderful parents, grandparents, friends, and a village in this community that help us out. And we had the most amazingly spectacular time. We had an incredibly relaxing, peaceful, wonderful, memorable week. And we squeezed every ounce of life we could from that island. We did everything. The road to Hana. We woke up at 3 in the morning to catch a sunrise from atop a high mountain. We swam underneath a waterfall and through it. We did everything we possibly can. Looked at whales. The whales were incredible at that time, snorkeled. We really maximized our time there. And we were so happy and loved this spirit of aloha that pervades there. That spirit of not worrying about your cares, of not fretting, and of being happy with what's around you. An interesting thing. At the luau we attended, our server, Greg, you know, I was amazed at these people who just up and moved to Hawaii from the darndest places. And how did they do that? Because you hear that it's so impossible, it's so expensive, no one can ever do it, and yet people do. And so I asked Greg, I said, Greg, tell me about your story. How did you end up here? Because I'm fascinated with it. The people that have gone, they seem so happy and content. And why would they not be? They're living in paradise. And I said, what's your story, Greg? How did you end up here? And he said, well, it's easy, quite simple, really. When I was 22 years old, I bought a one-way ticket, and that's it. Lived in Southern California and wasn't really happy with his life there, didn't know what he wanted to do with it. But at 22, he'd gone to Hawaii once with his parents, and he decided that's where he wanted to live, where he wanted to spend all of his days. And so at 22 years old, he bought a one-way ticket so he couldn't come back, and he had to make it work, and he did. Another person we talked to lived in the Midwest, and they were there. And you always wonder, well, how are you doing it? And the same thing. He said, well, first of all, you need to sell everything you have and then come over here and buy it because it's cheaper that way and live simply. And these two people were living simply, much simpler than they would have here on the mainland, and they were so happy. 
And it's interesting that selling their stuff, working a job that doesn't make a whole lot of money and living in a small apartment or a small, very small home or a rented room would make these people so happy and content. And as I thought about this, I thought, well, the reason why is because they're where they want to be. They're where they're choosing to be. They are using this amazing gift of liberty and free will to effectuate in their life their dream and their desire and where they want to live, where they want to be. And so they've sacrificed some of the things that were around them, but those things weren't what they wanted. They didn't want the busy nine to five. They didn't want a business they had to worry about. They didn't want lands or rental houses or things that tied them down, although those can extend freedom to some degree as well. They certainly increase the responsibility and perhaps the worry and potential for worry. And so it was interesting that those people we talked to, so happy and content, were so because they had taken massive action in their life to do and be where they wanted to be. So as I was thinking about this and to relate it to you, our listener, where do you want to be in life? Maybe you want to be on a paradisical island like Hawaii or in the Bahamas or retired somewhere or living in a cabin. Maybe you just want to be in a different area of town or a different area of the state. Or maybe you want to be in shape physically or eliminate a habit. Maybe there's something you want to do. And I would invite you to take the steps that my friend Greg, working at the Maui Weston Resort, did. And that's to purchase a one-way ticket. Purchase a one-way ticket and don't go back. I spoke with a lady, a friend of mine, that uh, runs the front office at an orthodontic clinic here in town. One of the very best. And she told me that she had a goal to make her 40s her fittest decade. And she was going to call it her fit 40s. And she said she felt miserably, and it ended up being her fat 40s, because she failed so bad at her goal and abandoned it. But that didn't stop her from purchasing a one-way ticket when she turned 50, and she is the epitome of health. Very beautiful woman, and she knows she's healthy, and she's taking control of her life to make herself that way. And what an inspiration. Sometimes we make our plan, and it doesn't go through, or we don't have the courage to enact it, but we can't give up on it. It may not happen in our 30s. It may not happen in our 40s, but don't abandon that dream. Don't abandon that desire. Now, something I learned in Hawaii, of course, that spirit of aloha is just the ability to not fret, to not worry. I was amazed as we got to the airport to leave how friendly everyone was in the airport that worked there, you know. Let's face it, folks, airports are not the friendliest place in the United States. Workers are rushed and often in a bad mood, and it seems like things are going so fast and get out of the way of the moving vehicle, (laughs) right? Just get to your place and get out of our hair. It's a stressful environment often. And when we approached there, we were amazed. The uh, person at the counter was so kind, and he said, can I help you with anything? You know what? If you do this and put this in the kiosk yourself, you'll actually get to save, and you'll get a free check bag. I know it's kind of silly. I could do it for you, but if you do it, that'll save you money. Don't know if you're interested in it. So he took this initiative, took this effort to make our experience better, and, you know, it doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't get necessarily points or, or big things if he gets people to use the kiosk, but he was saving us some money, and he looked out for us. 
And then he made it so easy. He printed our ticket and he answered our questions and he was ever so patient and kind. And we thought, man, what a great guy. And then everyone else we interacted was the same way. They were the same way. They were welcoming and friendly and relaxed and not rushed. And I thought, what are the people doing on this place? And how do we take that and bring it to where we live? And, you know, I've told my wife and told others around us, the challenge that we have now is bringing aloha to New Mexico, is bringing this spirit of aloha, bringing this concept of Ohana and aloha, bringing these things to our lives, our daily lives, bringing this calmness, bringing this acceptance, bringing this peace to our daily lives. And I think part of that is following the wise example of my friend Greg that I met to abandon some of the things that we don't want, that we don't like, and that we don't enjoy, to abandon some of those things in order to have what we really want. But first we have to define what we really want. First we have to find what are we willing to purchase a one-way ticket for. And it takes courage to make change. It takes courage to make massive action change in our lives. It takes a lot of courage. But every great opportunity I've had in life, every turning point, every exciting, wonderful experience I've had has been because I've made a decision, because I've opened a door, because I've walked through that door and gone forward. Two roads diverged in a narrow wood, and I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference, I think is how that incredible quote goes that means so much. And as I met some of those individuals who had done that, I realized that they had taken the road less traveled by. They had defined their dream. They knew what they wanted, and they sacrificed the things that they didn't want or that weren't important or that weren't that essential in order to arrive to the place that they wanted to be and what power there is in that, what wisdom and what things can we give up and get rid of in our life right now? What relationships do we have that may be toxic that we may need to distance ourselves from? Do we have people or things that continually frustrate us? Not things that we're initially stuck to or married to, literally or figuratively, but do we have things that keep bugging us? What are those things that bug you? What are those things that really bother you and keep bugging and bothering you in life? Well, why do you stay in the position where you get bugged and bothered and pestered by it? If you stepped on a nail or a tack that went partway through your shoe, and so every once in a while when you hit a strong step, it would poke you and prod you and hurt you, would you not eventually take a look at the bottom of your shoe to find out what was causing it? And then when you found out, would you not take the extended time and effort to remove that sharp object that was causing you pain over and over and over? If not, then you would be a fool, my friend, and on a fool's errand. And yet... We have these things around us that may not be as tangible as a nail in our shoe, but that cause us continued grief, continued pain, continued worrying, continued suffering. And so many of these things can be limited and at times even remedied by taking the action to look down 
or look where it's hurting and find out what's causing that. And then find out maybe how it got there and why, how we can avoid it and how to remove it from our lives or at least distance it from us so we don't get stuck again. I know we all have things in our life that are causing us trouble, causing us pain, causing us sorrow. Some of those can't be helped. Some of those may be health conditions. Some of those may be financial troubles that we're in right now. But there's many things aside from those that we can't control that we can. And I would argue that even most. And so let's take that time. Let's take that effort. And I challenge you this week, I challenge you and I challenge me to find one of those tacks that's bothering you, that's causing you pain. Identify it and take the step, take that first step towards removing it where it's not going to hurt you and bother you anymore. Because this is one of the first most important steps you can take to getting to where you want to be. And you may want to go live in Hawaii. Maybe that's what you want. And and everything has told you how impossible it is because it's so expensive, because it's so this, because you can't leave this and you can't do that. All of these things that we tell ourselves, all of these things that we dial into and listen to, telling us why we can't live our dreams or we can't be our best self or we can't accomplish or we can't change. And we listen to these things on autopilot in our head over and over and over until we start to believe that. And friends, my friend Greg, the wonderful person at the American Airlines help desk, and various other people that we see are living proof that you don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. You don't have to be Bill Gates' nephew. You don't have to be Bill Gates to accomplish your dreams or at least get to a place that you want to be. And where is that place? Maybe it's a physical place. Maybe it's an emotional place. Maybe it's a conceptual place where things work a certain way in your life. But the first step is to define that dream, and the second step is to work for that dream. The third step is to abandon those things that are keeping you from your dream. And perhaps the most important step is to not lose your dream. Don't lose track of that dream that you have. What is it that you're dreaming for? What is it that you want? What is that beautiful thing or place or ideal that you're trying to strive for, that you're trying to get to? Don't lose it. Don't lose the dream. Don't let the news or people around you or family members or your partner or your children or your church or anyone else discourage you from dreaming. There's a reason why we dream when we sleep and we're required to sleep. There's a reason why dreams are the first blueprint to the greatest things that have happened in the world in the course of history. There's a reason why a reason there's a reason why dreams are the first step. Somebody dreamed that we could have pipes that carry running water and sewers that would eliminate the need for the primitive disposal systems we had. Somebody dreamed that you could create a machine that would fly through the sky. 
despite being told how crazy they were. Somebody dreamed that there would be a metal hunk of metal and plastic and things on wheels that could careen us through the whole country. Somebody dreamed of the locomotive. Somebody dreamed of electricity. Somebody dreamed that there was something better. Somebody dreamed that they could make a difference. Somebody dreamed that they could get to the place that they wanted to be. And they finally, fearlessly and courageously bought that one-way ticket. Now, it may not be as simple as buying a one-way ticket for you, but that first step can be something of buying a one-way ticket. Maybe you're thinking of signing up with a personal trainer or a fitness class. That one-way ticket for you can be paying that money and signing up. Maybe you're thinking about finally taking those steps to get out of debt. Your one-way ticket may be writing that first $500 check and then figuring out how you're going to come up to pay with it and working extra hours or doing what you have to do to begin paying that debt. Maybe you dream of a vacation home, and so you talk with the financial planner and make that first appointment and that first automatic withdrawal from your account that comes out without you knowing it. Forced savings sounds like an awful thing, but it can be your best friend if you'll allow it. Ask your friends or financial advisors of what that is and how you can incorporate that in your life. Friends, don't forget to dream. Don't abandon your dream. Start buying those little one-way tickets that are going to commit you to working towards that dream, that are going to commit you to taking those steps to get there. And for heaven's sake, don't believe what people say that you can't do it because you are incredible. Look at all you've gone through. Look at the, the chances of you being the Olympic swimmer you were to get here and exist were so very slim, and yet you did it. The chances of you making it through childbirth, of course, the chances of all the things that you've done have gotten you here. You're a miracle. The fact that you're here is a miracle and you're special and you're valued. And if you have a dream, why can't you? If someone else can, why can't you do it? Well, why can you? Focus on that and get that one-way ticket and let me know what you do. I'll hold you accountable and let me know when you get there because when you do... I will want to come stay and maybe even rent a room for a while from you in that house in Hawaii. Friends, dreams are great. The sun is shining. Even on the cloudy days, it's shining up there above the clouds, and it's going to come back. We in New Mexico know this. Our cloudy days cause us stress and worry. In three days, we're entering deep depression maybe from it, but it always comes back. The sun reappears, and the sun never went away. It was always there. Sometimes it's the clouds that block it and sometimes we make those clouds in our lives through worry and stress and buying in to the fact that we think we're not good enough or someone is telling us that we're not friends dissipate those clouds dissipate them everywhere you can you can't control if you're there but you can control if you feed them let them go and enjoy that sun and I'll look forward to talking to you next week have a great day Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way 
to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you.